Worried Writer, helping you to overcome fear, self-doubt and procrastination to get the work done. I'm your host, Sarah Painter, and I'm a novelist and self-confessed worried writer. For show notes, resources and much more, please head to worriedwriter.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome to episode 60 of The Worried Writer. I'm recording this on Thursday the 30th of January on a chilly drich day here in Scotland and I cannot believe that this is my 60th episode of the show. That's five years without a break plus almost two years of patron-only mid-month extras. I'm really proud of myself for keeping going through good times and bad. I just want to take a moment to thank my past guests for their time and expertise. It's been fantastic to speak to other authors at different stages, and I know from the feedback from you lovely people that lots of value has been gleaned from our chats. As ever, thank you so much for listening to the show and for commenting, messaging, sharing, rating and reviewing the podcast. I wouldn't still be doing this without you, and I'm truly grateful for the support. The other key factor in my still being here after five years really goes to my supporters on Patreon. Honestly, I wouldn't still be doing the show without their support, as it costs money to produce the show and a significant amount of time. Thank you so much to everyone supporting me on Patreon, and to those who have been doing so for the past couple of years. Thank you. And here's a shout out to new patrons. Charlotte E. English, Megan Eardley, Kay DiBianca, Jen Farrant, and Stephanie Griffin. Thank you so much. Don't forget, you can support the show for as little as $1 a month, and you can stop at any time. For $2, you get instant access to the backlist of audio extras, as well as the new ones which will go up in the middle of every month. Just head over to Patreon or patreon.com forward slash worriedwriter. And that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash worriedwriter. If you'd rather not use Patreon but still want to support me, you can always buy my books. In addition to my fiction, I have a non-fiction book, Stop Worrying, Start Writing, How to Overcome Fear, Self-Doubt and Procrastination. Okay, on to this month's writing update. I aim to write 30,000 words on my latest novel, and I managed that. It's the messiest of first draft material, and I'm still waiting for the story to take shape, but I'm making progress. I've also been working on my next non-fiction book, which is all about changing your mindset when it comes to marketing and selling your book, money and business. I will admit, though, I've been struggling with imposter syndrome this week, feeling like, who am I to advise people on this topic, as I've got no training in marketing or branding, and there are far more successful authors and author marketers out there. I'm sharing that because, as ever, I want to be honest about the down days and the struggles in this writing life. I have days when I feel more fired up and a wee bit more confident, and I think, yes, it'll be helpful to share my conclusions and solutions for author marketing, and it's just my viewpoint which is still valid. But there are also days when I just want to put the duvet over my head and hide and feel as if I would just be wasting people's time. It's a constant up and down, and not something I will ever vanquish or get over. 
I've got a great interview for you today. Uh, My guest is Meg Cowley. I've been looking forward to chatting with Meg for ages and she is just as inspiring as I expected. We talk about running an author business and Meg also discusses how having a core of excited and enthusiastic readers for her series makes all the difference to her. As always, we talk the practicalities of getting the work done, as well as self-doubt. We also talk about mental health and uh, we don't go into it in great detail, but we do touch upon postnatal depression. And that's just a wee warning in case it's something you would prefer not to hear about. In terms of news, I've also got a quick recommendation for you if you are in the London area or able to travel there. Um, Tracy Buchanan, who is a past guest on this show uh, and a lovely person, is running an exciting day-long event for published authors. And this event is on Saturday the 9th of May in London. So uh, Tracy sent me some information about the event and participants will get the chance to attend an advanced writing workshop with one of two writers, either crime writer Sophie Hanna or the women's fiction author Amanda Prowse. Uh, They are both um, very accomplished uh, mega selling authors. There will also be uh, advice from the industry guru, Sam Missingham, uh, HarperCollins editor, Phoebe Morgan, who is another past guest on this show, uh, the bookseller editor, Philip Jones, and more. Um, The panel will offer advice on marketing and mindset and that kind of thing. There will also be a networking lunch and agent one-to-ones. So uh, it's aimed at published authors, either traditionally published or independently. If you are interested in that one-day event, head on over to uh, SavvyWriters.co.uk forward slash SavvyWritersFest for more information. And of course, I will put a link in the show notes. If you've got a question that you would like answered on this show or something that you would like me to discuss or cover, please do get in touch. Sarah at WorriedWriter.com or you can find me on Twitter at Sarah R. Painter. Just before we get to the interview, I just want to give a quick shout out to some lovely folk on Twitter. Lucy Smallbone, who is at Lucy Smallbone 2. Janet at World Anvil, uh, who's at JD underscore Blythe. And Jackie Smith, who's at Blackwing Jack. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, rating and reviewing the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you too for all your messages and retweets. I love the interaction that we have, and I'm so grateful for your time. And now, on to the interview section of the show. My guest today is USA Today best-selling fantasy author Meg Cowley. Meg has two epic fantasy series, The Books of Caledon and The Chronicles of Pelennor, as well as an urban fantasy series, Relic Guardians. Welcome to the show, Meg, and thank you so much for joining me. Hello, thank you for having me. At last, it's taken us a long time to schedule this. (laughs) It has, I'm so excited, thank you so much. (laughs) So just to get us started, I was hoping you could tell us all a wee bit about your latest series or release. Sure, so I am penning the final final book in the Chronicles of Pelennor series, which is um, an epic fantasy uh, filled with 
magic, dragons, intrigue, betrayal, and deliciously morally great characters with a smattering of romance. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like writing complex multi-viewpoint epic fantasies, um, So, I, and I write stories set in the same world at the moment, so I'm just continuing that. I'm due to finish it next week, and I can't wait, because it feels like I've been writing it forever. <laughs> that must be exciting, but is it a wee bit nervy finishing as well? Um, yeah, it, it is. It's scary because you have a lot of expectations from yourself and your readers. You don't want to disappoint anyone. Um, so I have absolutely had massive stresses um, thinking, oh, my God, this is is it going to be good enough? Um, can I manage this? But in the end, I've just had to push through it and think, well, even if the first draft is terrible, getting it written is the hardest thing. And then I can edit it to make it pretty. Um, but it's going all right so far. <laughs> Fantastic. I'd like to um, rewind a wee bit. I know that you are a proud and successful independent author. Um, and yeah. I don't know if you know that I went hybrid a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. I yeah. I just love it. I love it so much. <laughs> and um, yeah. I want everyone to know what a fantastic option it is. But I also was wondering, was it an easy decision for you? Uh, did you start out as independent? Yes, it was a really easy choice. Um, so I... I wrote my first book. Um, I won't bore with the details of how that came about. Just same as any writer loved to write, decided to write a book and actually did it. Um, looking into the publishing options because once I want, once I wrote it, I wanted to get it published, of course. Um, and, it, and it was quite black and white, really. Um, I looked at the options, trad versus indie, and indie just, it was the thing that suited me the most. So I, I've gone the indie route. I have no regrets about that. And, and I'm a really, really happy indie author. I think it's allowed me to have the control and the financial freedom um, to make a career out of this, which I I had always dismissed because I never thought it would be possible. Um, and it's just it's just blown me away that life has changed so much in the past few years, and I would not have been able to do that had had it not been for independent authoring. Mm, that's fantastic. And I mean, you mentioned the sort of control there, and obviously the finances. I've also discovered yeah. it's a way to actually have a viable <laughs> a viable. Yeah. Uh, business which is fantastic are there any other things that you particularly like about being independent or you know if you were chatting to a a listener perhaps who was maybe thinking oh traditional is the only way is there anything that you would say to them to encourage them or do you think it's something that some people just aren't suited to Um, I would say that to to ask yourself what do you want from this Um, I think traditional and independent and hybrid um, and um, sort of anything in the, in the spectrum, really, it's all valid. There is no right answer. There is no wrong answer. But you have to know what you want from it and understand how to get that. So for me, I wanted creative control and I wanted financial success. Um, indie was the natural choice for me. However, if you want literary acclaim, you want your book on shelves in shops where your you know your rabid fans can go and have release parties and you know pick your book off the shelf trad's probably best for you and and that's fine um it's just that wasn't for me so I I would say just ask yourself what you really want and how you can achieve that and and see where where you're on the spectrum you might be and I absolutely don't want to um to sound as if I'm trying to push everybody to go indie but um I always want to say (laughs) having, (laughs) having um having started in trad 
Yeah. I'd say don't dismiss it. I think people have a notion of what indie is or it's sub quality. People just popping stuff up on Amazon. And that's not the case. You know, the, the true indie author is an incredibly discerning, avid reader who wants to tell fantastic stories that are worthy of being published and being read and being loved by readers. You know, we're, we're all the same at the end of the day. We all start off as readers who love stories and, you know, some of us want to tell those stories too. And it doesn't really matter how you get to that reader. The reader doesn't really care as long as they get a, a story that is satisfying. Honestly, listeners, I am just nodding and nodding at Meg because I just agree so much. Um, it's about getting, as you say, the readers of what matter. Um, but in terms yeah. of, of trad, I think a lot of people expect certain things from traditional publishing that you just mm-hmm. don't get unless you are a lead title mm-hmm. or, um, you know, a, a lightning strike success author. or a celebrity <laughs> author already. Um, so things like on the bookshelf. You know, you might not get those things. You might not get distribution in bookshelf um, bookshops. So it's, yeah. I think it's really important. Whatever you decide to educate yeah. yourself and go in with your eyes open, Definitely. whatever you're yeah. doing. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I've I've followed your career um, since I heard you on Joanna Penn's podcast back when you were doing <laughs> coloring books. Gosh, yeah, that was a long time ago. I know, and I absolutely I loved listening to that interview. So thank you for doing it. And I was. Um, I felt like I was listening to a kindred spirit in terms of, or certainly what I was aspiring to, in terms of yeah. your work ethic, your production, your business sense. It was very inspiring mm-hmm. to me. So yeah. thank you. And I've been Great. really impressed ever since, really, with your rate of production. And you've become a mum in the meantime yeah. while doing it's, all of it's this. Been a rocky few years. So I'm, I suppose I'm, I'm quite pleased with what I've managed to do, um, despite everything that's happened. Oh, honestly, Meg, from the outside, it just looks like you've done this ridiculous amount of amazing work. So I, you know, absolutely hats off to <laughs> you. It looks like I've got it together. Excellent. It really, I'll take that. Really, really <laughs> so now I want your secrets, you see. So could you talk uh-huh. me through a sort of typical writing day if you have such a thing and things like productivity? Do you keep business hours? All of that good stuff. I think life has changed a lot in the last few years, like I've said. So mm. I've had to change everything and keep changing everything and the only constant has been change and finding out what's working and constantly evolving so it used to be that I would just work 60 hour weeks and I loved that because I'm a workaholic you know writing was a hobby before it was a job so if I wanted to do anything it was write stories great having a child can't do that anymore um and I it well it's been a rough few years so for the past probably three years now um I've had various health problems and then had my son and then struggle with postnatal depression quite a lot so it's it's been a struggle to have any kind of steady routine and um, right now my son goes to daycare um so it was three days a week last week he started going four days a week so this is kind of a magical almost normal place that I feel like I'm getting back to now I have four consecutive days a week where I can write which is incredible and already um, I've noticed that my productivity shot up just from having that constant block of time where every day is the same you know I put my bum in the chair and I work um, so Monday to Thursday I'm working I write in the mornings I do other things in the afternoon um, marketing I 
I'm an illustrator as well. I, um, I illustrate fantasy book covers. So I do that in the afternoons and evenings. So morning is really writing words, creative time, and the afternoon is everything else. Um, and then Friday through Sunday, I'm in mum mode, <laughs> which nothing gets done. So that's <laughs> fine because I, I devote that time to my son. Oh and he's he's very he's very young at the moment isn't he so it's that phase yeah. that yeah you yeah. know it won't last <laughs> yeah <laughs> in years to come I will wish he was um as needy and cared about well. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah speaking speaking as someone at the other end of it you absolutely will I'm sorry it's annoying but there you go <laughs> I can't live without them and you can't live with them, can I know, you? So. I know. Everyone says enjoy every second and then you think, yes, but that last minute went on for about a week. That's yeah, um, that that does not apply to the sleepless nights, but every, no. you know, most of the rest of it is fine. Yeah, no, it's hard. So I was going to ask you about being um, a full-time author and also juggling yeah. parenthood with writing. So mm-hmm. obviously you've touched on that there in terms of the importance really of getting those days that are the same and getting that chunk of time to your, yeah. that you can then dedicate. Um, but but even, even that has to be sensitive. Um, last night mm-hmm. I got no sleep. We have a sick toddler. And I just, I just couldn't sleep. So this morning, and um, to be honest, today, my brain is just running on about 10% capacity. Mm-hmm. And I did my writing in bed. And do you know what? I got my 3,000 words written, which is a miracle. But today I had to take that step back and say, it's okay. Today's not going to be one of those you get everything done kind of days. So it's, it's like I have my routine, but it's also flexible and accommodates self-care as well, which I find is really important right now because it is so easy to use up energy you've got and burn out. That's, I'm so glad you said that because again, you know, I'm, I'm big on the productivity and I always want to learn how mm-hmm. to do more, mm-hmm. but I'm so aware that again, speaking to people or people listening who maybe are in the same situation, the last thing I want anybody to think is that they are failing if they are not on it a hundred percent all the time. Like you say, that being kinder to yourself and saying, okay, well today I'm going to write in bed and it's, it's fine if it's like complete and utter rubbish because I'm brain dead. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. It's so important to say. So thank you for sharing that. We have a culture of busyness, don't we? Mm. So if you're not busy, then you're not you're not doing it right. Why are you not busy? We, we should all be so busy all the time doing all the things. And it's taken a lot of time to unpick that and go, hang on. No, <laughs> that is complete BS. Absolutely. You know, I am I am at my best when I am happy. I'm healthy. You know, my energy is full when my creative well is refilled when I'm fulfilled I'm going to get more done rather than you know completely whipping myself all Mm -hmm. the time going more 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 and just being so brain dead and you know sick of it all that just it's not even worth doing it because it's not fun and what I'm producing is not good no I mean and burnout is a real thing in our industry isn't it so it's it's very wise to to pay attention to that um, as well as you know just good for you yeah and and learning about you know what what kind of person you are because for some people they can pump out all those words day in day out and do that and it's that's absolutely fine and that's their natural rhythm Mm -hmm. and for a long time I've tried to be one of those people and there must just be no upper ceiling to this I must if I just work harder I'll be able to just write all the words every day and it's taken uh, a while and it's been a bit of a bitter pill to realize in, in in the first instance so now I'm fine with that that I am not one of those writers and my pace is my pace and that's fine mm, absolutely I mean I'm I'm far slower than you 
And I've also been trying to get to come to terms with what is my pace while also mm-hmm. making sure that I am pushing myself a wee bit and not just of falling course, into a yeah. kind of, oh, that's all I can do. Like a yeah. self-fulfilling limiting belief, if you like. Of course, yeah. But it's so hard to work out where that 100%. should be. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just trying to work with yourself rather than against yes. yourself, I yeah, find. Absolutely. And in terms of that, I love what you said about the cult of busyness as well, because one area, again, that I, I still struggle with a wee bit is... I love running a business. I love, I love, I love it. I love all of it. Um, but I do get really overwhelmed because I could fill mm. every minute yeah. of yeah. a 16 hour day with yeah. doing all the things. And so yeah. I love the fact that today you said you felt rubbish, but you wrote in bed. So, you know, your most important thing, writing the words, mm-hmm. you prioritize that, that and you got that done. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think that's a really good tip. That's so important yeah. to sort of emphasize that you cleared out you know the the less important things so is that something that again it's something you've come to when when trying to balance the marketing the business the writing yeah absolutely so I've I realized that it comes down to several core things for me as a business so I take off my creative hat that loves creating these worlds and you know crafting stories and I put on my business hat and I think what's achievable, what do I actually need to be doing. Um, So basically, unless I am writing great stories, marketing my books and reaching readers, I don't need to do it. Like I don't need to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the core tasks are writing great stories and marketing and reaching readers. Like that's it. There is nothing more to my business that needs to be done. If you know, I, I might have a million things on my to-do list, like, oh, I need to update this reader magnet, and then, mm. oh, my website needs that tweak, and oh, don't forget to do your author page. Here. Actually, do you know what? It's just it's just clutter, and it clutters your mind just like it clutters your to-do list, and I found that minimizing is one of the most helpful things that I've done over the past few years, and it's taken me about three years to get there um, from having the full page of to-do list that just never gets done and I'm carrying over and carrying over from one week to another and just drowning under the weight of my own inadequacy because, you know, I'm a failure. I can't even do my own to-do list. What? And, and then realize that most of it doesn't, it doesn't need to be done. It's mm-hmm. stuff, okay, cross it off. And I work on that basis. If it's not, obviously I've got my client work as well at the moment. So that you know, that is not something that gets crossed off. <laughs> but ultimately, you know, writing is the first thing. It's the most important thing for me. If I get up and do that with a clear head in the morning and it's done, I don't need to worry about it. And then the rest of the day, I am concentrating on my client work and the other things that need to be done. And I'm ruthless about crossing off anything that can wait or anything that's not essential. I've started to work with a, a, um, a virtual assistant and I occasionally subcontract things to her that I could do, but she could also do just as well. Uh, and that helps offload some of the things from my plate and my time and my stress um, mm-hmm. to someone who is equally as capable at doing them. Um, so I'm, I'm really just learning to manage a realistic workload and work with the energy that I have and the type of worker that I am um, just to try and maximize what I can do, but also in a way that promotes self-care and you know avoids overwhelm and burnout basically so minimizing has been key Mm. and in terms of 
um, sort of celebrating successes or so celebrating what you're what you are getting done is that is that something else that you've been incorporating or trying to <laughs> so, I'm, yeah I am a workaholic mm. I am very goal orientated I'm conscientious I push myself I'm incredibly self-critical that is just who I am as a person it's how I've always been mm. you know if I wasn't getting an A star it was not good enough and I used to beat myself up for it which I realize now is incredibly damaging but it's very hard to to stop doing that. So mm-hmm. it's a gradual work of unpicking that and actually stopping when I've done something cool to think, well done, that, that's really cool. Like a sales milestone or finishing a project or looking at my figures, my, my financial figures for the month and just actually taking them in and going, wow, you did that. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I am trying to be better about congratulating myself and treating myself when I do achieve something good as opposed Mm -hmm. to just breezing on through and setting the next goal (laughs) and going to meet that well I wanted to touch on that since we were saying just before recording that um, I'm exactly the same so I and again I know that we won't be alone and I hope that it might Mm. be hopefully comforting or maybe a wake-up call if you are listening and you find that you end each day with a list of things you didn't achieve or you breeze Mm -hmm. past things, take it from us. Uh, It's not good for you and you need to start rewarding yourself and recognizing things. So on to the sort of writing side of things. Now, Mm -hmm. the title of this podcast is The Worried Writer. So I'd like to delve into your struggles with uh, creative writing, if I may. Uh, do you ever suffer from creative block? Um, I wouldn't say that I suffer from creative block, um, but I am definitely guilty of imposter syndrome. Um, <laughs> insofar as there are definitely points on on the process where I think, "Who are you kidding?" <laughs> <laughs> At any moment, someone is going to find out, and they're going to haul you off to a day job and make you work for the man because this <laughs> is obviously a sham. Um, but I've, I've got very good with just telling that voice to shut off when I carry on. Um, I don't really, I don't get writer's block per se. I outline and plot a lot. So I find that really helps me overcome anytime I don't know what I'm writing next. I go back to the plot and it, you know, it informs mm-hmm. me and I can move forward. And um, the, the thing that I've really struggled with is my mental health, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't really write much in the autumn, um, having struggled with postnatal depression again. So that was a rough and frustrating period. Um, but I, I just had to step back and sort of work on my self-care and not beat myself up too much for, mm-hmm. you know, having to delay my book launch. Um, the book that I am due to finish next week, I should have had published in November. So it's obviously frustrating that that didn't mm-hmm. happen, but it is what it is. Okay, move forward. And, you know, what's the next best thing that you can do? So that's that's been the biggest struggle that I've had over the, the past few years is is just struggling with mental health through illness and um antenatal depression postnatal depression that that sort of thing really Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah it's just a constant every day just trying to see on the bright side and and do the best that I can I think that's again it's so important to say that or to recognize that what we do you know we can't always just push through with a work ethic because Um, what we do goes on in our heads yeah so So we can't work in isolation yeah and if our head isn't quite right for whatever reason then no amount of um willpower is going to sort that out and that can be a hard that's yeah. tough isn't it? that's really really tough so yeah thank you I, did, I feel like a year ago I wouldn't have been able to talk about this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it's taken me a long time to come to terms with the fact that there's nothing to be ashamed of in this mm-hmm, and absolutely. that actually 
to open up a dialogue and to accept that we all face times where we struggle is a really, really valid and necessary thing because we all we all need to support each other through tough times when necessarily we don't we don't want to talk and open up about it um, because we feel like there's a stigma. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's really important, especially in, in the industry that we're in. We often work alone. We often work long hours in isolation, mm -hmm. um, socially cut off. And that is quite a challenge in itself. And then you have adult life and all the things that that has. Uh -huh. um, and, and I just find that I can't work in isolation. I have to have emotional, I guess, wellness to be able to write. Absolutely. As, as much as writing is a solace, I mm. can't be a crying mess and get my words done because I'm no. just, I can't. Um, no, no, no. I'm the same. If my anxiety is bad, then I can't write. Yeah. yeah. So again, working with yourself. Yeah. And being forgiving. Exactly. And then there's also, again, it's you just don't know. I don't know about you, but with mental health and how I react to it in terms of creativity, it can vary again. You know, there can be I couldn't, oh, yeah. I can't write with anxiety, but with grief, I found that writing was, I mean, not, not, not initially, but after a little while, it was an escape. Yeah. It is still. 100%. It is still an escape and really good for me. Yeah. That, that was the same for me. I felt guilty yeah. going into it as if I was, <laughs> you know, I shouldn't be able to write as if that meant yeah. that I wasn't grieving properly or something. Um, and yeah. so if you can bear to talk about it and you can bear to examine it and kind of air out those worries, it can help. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've done, some of my best writing when I've been upset or angry yeah. um but but other times I I could feel Don't like that and it would just not yeah absolutely yeah. so yeah but uh, work with yourself and not beat yourself up about it absolutely and I know also you mentioned there that you do lots of planning and plotting now I don't yes. at all I can't I've tried I just <laughs> and I've never this is my first series that I'm writing now I know you've yeah. been writing series and I'm used to the terror of when I'm writing a book, I've got no idea what happens. I could not do that. <laughs> and now I'm writing a series and I've got no idea what happens. So my yeah. question for you is, what tips do you have for me for writing a series? Or how would you reform me? <laughs> plot it! Plot it all! Plot everything! I, I have only got worse and worse as, as the years have gone on. My three-point plot has evolved to a five-point, to a seven-point. Now I use a 23-point plot. For each viewpoint that I have, it's chronologically ordered and everything's in beats and I cannot survive without that structure. Um, and depending on what I'm writing, it might be as little as a sentence for a chapter or it might be as much as I have to write 5,000 words of planning for that chapter before I can then write that chapter. For me, knowing what I'm going to write gives me the faith to trust myself and delve into the creative process and lose myself in the flow because I know I've already figured it out. Mm, I can't write myself into a corner because I know where I'm going. Mm. And but it's not flawless and it's not perfect. Sometimes I have to tweak, have to tweak the plot. Sometimes I have to go back, waste a bit and go off in a slightly different tangent. But plotting for me works. So for me, I would say plot everything. But if that doesn't work for you, then that's, you know, that's equally fine. If you pants, I have huge respect. I don't know how you do it, but wow. I wish I could just sit down and write. That would be amazing. Um, but that's just not for me. No, it's very inefficient. I don't recommend it. I'm always getting stuck and going down wrong. Oh, no. Moment, so, yeah. I, th I think the thing that I do if I get stuck is I go back to the last point that it worked at. Okay. And I go from there. Mm. Um, that, that's always been my go-to and... And it, when it, whether it's plotting or whether it's writing, if I get to a bit where I'm stuck, I'm like, right, where did it last work? 
where do I need to get to? Uh-huh. Am I going down the right path? Oh no. So this character wouldn't do that because, uh-huh. and then it usually, and it goes forward again. Sometimes have to go sideways or backwards. <laughs> that was something I was going to ask about when you're plotting or outlining, brainstorming. Yeah. Do you get stuck then? Because that's when you're obviously working out all the stuff that's going to happen. And yeah, <laughs> so do you get stuck then at all, or is that just tipping through meadows? <laughs> oh, I wish. Yeah. I wish. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> had a sudden mental image of running through fields of wheat. Which yeah, sorry about that. Only only UK listeners <laughs> yeah. might get just a slight <laughs> political reference. um no I I do get stuck on the plotting phase but again it's I I start with a very vague idea and it might be um, as simple as main character um makes a deal with such and such to kill the king and that's the entire thing for the whole book Mm -hmm. and then it's filling in the pieces okay Mm -hmm. what if this happened here and what if this happens there and it's gradually just building that jigsaw and making Mm -hmm. sure everything fits is it all in order yes okay I'll put it on my beat structure are there any beats that are missing oh yep okay what could happen here Mm -hmm. oh this beat's in the wrong place let's switch that about it's just like a giant puzzle it's my favorite part of the whole process um it's actually very annoying to sit then sit down and write a hundred thousand word book when you're like I've already figured this out um (laughs) the plotting is genuinely my favorite point is like mm-hmm. it's like chemistry it's a formula putting mm-hmm. it all together and making this beautiful construct but yeah I absolutely get stuck and I have to go away and think I go back to the last point that worked I you know I put myself into the character's shoes what would they actually do am I doing something that's true to them that's true to the plot it's about approaching it from different angles for me and just checking it's almost like testing I guess that it's um bulletproof is it does this definitely work is this logical or am I just writing what I want to write but actually it's a bad story because it's not what the characters would actually do sort of thing so Mm. I I kind of stress test it from various angles and eventually I fill in all the gaps and it works 90% and then I tweak it as I draft as I need oh that's fantastic and did you you mentioned beats there um do you have any particular resources where you learned about beats and story structure and things or is that something you've just picked up anything you'd recommend I guess kind of Frankenstein as I've gone um so my 23 point beat structure is probably the combination of four or five different structures with my own bits thrown in Mm. that I've picked up over the last four or five years so I wouldn't you know and I don't even really know where I've got them from I chat with friends and we talk about things and they you know we send each other spreadsheets because we're cool with um, (laughs) beat structures on them and uh, I I guess I've just found something that works for me and adapted it and there's plenty of there's plenty of material out there on beats and I would just say go and read through them and some will resonate better than others or some parts will resonate better than others and take what works for you because as much as there might be a formula for writing a story, the way that you do it is entirely up to you. And again, mm-hmm. working with yourself and to bring the best of your own writing out, I found that this is the one that works for me. Mm, no, I think that's a great tip, that, that idea that if you read a structure book and some of it makes sense or some of it resonates, mm-hmm. that it is completely okay for you to kind of cobble together, as you said, your sort of Frankenstein's, yeah. your own version. So I think that's really yeah really worth saying yeah I think I think when you get into it you you feel like you if you read a book you must do all the things that the book says because the book is right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then the further you get along the further you think well actually it just doesn't work for me so I'm just gonna 
make it up on the fly. Yeah, when I've attempted plotting, when I was trying to learn how to do it, I definitely read a lot of things and I tried to apply them, but because it didn't really work with my own process. And But as you say, I would try and slavishly follow that particular formula or method Mm. because I was looking for that. The magic bullet. Yes, I was. The magic bullet, yes. And the the secret is there is no magic bullet, unfortunately. But the, the closest you get is finding what works for you and being able to apply that as much as you can in the lifestyle that you have yeah definitely and um I think you've sort of answered this into probably in terms of your um elaborate and detailed plotting and outlining but again I want to pick your brains a wee bit more on writing series um does that help you in terms of keeping all your details do you keep a story bible or anything like that or is the fact that you've got all these outlines kind of does it for you I should keep a story Bible. (laughs) I'm on book four now and I keep flicking Mm. back through 300,000 words of Mm. the past three books going, oh, did I do this? Have I forgotten anything? I need to get better at series for sure. Um, Mm. I I do make sure I wrap up all my plot holes, but I definitely need to improve how I plot series and how I record because it's just, especially in the current sleep deprived state of my life, there is too much information to hold in my head like I used to be able to do. So yeah, I definitely need to get more more down onto paper. But the series for me is, I guess it's like a nested three or four act structure. And the series is the three or four act structure. And then each book has the three or four act structure. And then the structures inside that have, and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. it's, it's about just uh, making sure that the books within the series are complete story arcs. That's really important. Nothing annoys me more than reading a book that is not a complete story. Mm-hmm. Um, cliffhanger is fine, but it still has to be a complete story. And then no, the series as a whole wraps everything up and all the all the foreshadowing through the past few books sort of come together. That's mm. really satisfying to do. And I like to make sure that I tick all those little things. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I'm I'm sort of keeping a series Bible, but I need to get better at it. Um, so I, it's kind of comforting to me to know that you haven't got it completely sorted yet. No, well, I'm writing <laughs> in the same universe and, mm. well, the same world. And I've only done two, almost two series in it so far, but I've got like 5,000 years of history there. Mm. Um, like Tolkien sort of scope. And I, I really need to start writing it down, but it's such a big job. Mm. I just don't have the time to do it. So mm. I, I need to figure that out probably sooner rather than later because it's only going to get more and more and more that I need to write down mm. the more and more that I write. Um, well, maybe you'll just have to get your VA to do that. Get your VA to create a story Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> I might be- beg some of my fans. Like, oh, anyone want yeah. to create like a, do a, wiki. a world Bible? Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, perfect. That would actually be pretty cool. Yeah, it would. It'd be amazing. So another thing with writing a series, I mean, I always panic. I always put a lot of pressure on myself and I fret a lot about letting readers down. And I'm finding that even harder with a series because it's a series. (laughs) And is that something that you struggle with at all? Yeah, absolutely. I've really struggled with that this this book for Mm. because this series has just been incredible to write and the reader feedback I've received has been amazing um people love these books and and it is humbling it is also terrifying to think that I have all these people invested in the 
mad delusions of of my brain yeah that's scary but I, I really really take heart from my readers every word of encouragement from them really really heartens me actually printed out um, I know your listeners won't be able to hear but you can probably see over my shoulder there's a photo frame uh-huh, uh-huh. and a few weeks ago I did a reader survey um on branding uh, I really really value my readers feedback in everything from from stories to to my branding um everything and um uh, there was an empty comments box at the end and I just you know the usual anything else to add mm-hmm. and they wrote the most lovely things you know the how you have the most amazing mind thank you for sharing yourself with us don't ever stop writing mm-hmm. your series are you know one click buys for me I love everything you write and I printed them out and put them next to my writing chair because it was just like every time I feel like I'm not good enough or that I'm gonna let someone down I read those and I think I can do this. These people are counting on me. They believe in me and I can do this. And that's just been really, really heartening to think that I've got all these people cheering me along. Um, I love my readers. Genuinely, they're amazing. Oh, that's wonderful. That's such a good tip as well. I'm stealing that tip. <laughs> <laughs> every nice review you have, every mm. really lovely one that fills you with warm fuzzies, if you're feeling down, go look at them. Print mm. them out, stick them in a book uh, and go read them when, when you're feeling like you're, you're struggling to do this and you're not sure how you're going to manage it because it's just it's just lovely. <laughs> the best. So obviously you've got your next your last in series is is coming out or you're finishing up on that um what are your other plans for this year or or the next few months or is would you rather not say <laughs> 2020 is the year of get, getting my together <laughs> so this is the first the first the first year that I will have vaguely full time so four days a week um I know what I'm doing as far as people I guess can know what they're doing in that I can write good books I'm confident of that I can sell good books and hopefully support my family doing that that's that's my ultimate goal that's why I do this I love stories but I also want to provide my family doing this I don't want to have to go back to a day job Mm -hmm. and this is the first year where I'll really have the chance to do that Mm -hmm. um I, I won't be having any more babies I am hoping I won't have any more life-threatening illnesses or situations to deal with hopefully hopefully I'm praying that 2020 will be a straightforward smooth year where I can actually show the very best of myself and what I'm capable of and I feel really motivated to just go out there and try and have no limits and say yes and just be the very best that I can be so I want to get this series finished this closes a really important but sort of dark chapter of my life and go on to my next series which will be set in the same world um I'm already working with my readers to sort of brainstorm what they would like to see um (laughs) as well as my own ideas Mm -hmm. so um yeah I'm I'm excited to have fun writing great stories and meeting more great readers and just hopefully having a fulfilling healthy year full full of self-care well, I love I love your goals for this year. I particularly love again, as we've said in this um, in this interview, that how self care is up there. So, just to finish up, where can listeners find out more about you and your books online? Uh, so, I'm on Amazon, Meg Cowley. Um, my website, megcowley.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Meg underscore Cowley, and that's pretty much it. Again, I try to minimise, so I, I do the bare minimum of of what what is fun and what is achievable. Oh, fantastic. I'm definitely making notes as we speak. Um, (laughs) So thank you so much for your time. I'll put all the links in the show notes. It's been lovely to chat. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening today. 
For show notes and links, head to worriedwriter.com. If you'd like to connect, find me on Twitter at Sarah R. Painter or use the hashtag worriedwriter. See you next time.